0: Welcome to Mental Millennials with your host, Shelby Friesen.
1: Today, I'm here with Jason Madden and Jason was referred... Well, actually, my friend Cam, you guys had worked together at um, VitaSafe, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they had worked at Save, Um and Cam had found your stuff through, I think, social media. Cause mm-hmm. Isn't your Instagram handle Holistic Gangster? It was. It's recently changed. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Holistic Gangster was
0: kind of my... Uh, yeah, my social media handle for a while, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's it's since changed to just I am Jason Madden. <laughs> uh, kind of kind of stop hiding behind
1: yeah. uh, a a pseudo name or an alias, <laughs> and uh, just stick with my own name. <laughs> yeah, because he said that the the reason that he's like he thought that you would be great on here is because uh, you had been through some holistic things, and yeah. he knew about some psychedelic stuff that you posted about, and also that um, he said you had you're a comedian. I was at one time. Yeah, so many he, things. Yeah, yeah. so he, um, he's like, man, I think it would be a really cool episode. And I was like, yeah, like, I'd love to to do that and get to know more about it. So what we've kind of narrowed it down to a bit here is that um, you had started in a corporate, you know, be, found yourself in a corporate position mm-hmm. and decided to uh, exit that and, and enter the holistic realm and try yeah. a whole bunch of sorts of things, which is awesome. So I guess to start, let's... I'm curious to hear about more about the kind of corporate position and what, um, what kind of like shifted you to make that move or or what kind of realization maybe came. Sure. Yeah. I think, um,
0: really pretty, pretty boring story to start is I think it was just, (laughs) I think it was just, I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, I was the first one in my family to go to university. Um, I think business was just the thing that was like, Oh, I can get myself a good job. And You know, I had, um, you know, I wasn't poor, but we had pretty humble, humble Mm -hmm. growing up. So money was always kind of scarce and Mm -hmm. not something that was readily available. And so I think a lot of, a lot of my conditioning became around success was about getting the good job, Mm -hmm. making money, benefits, working the corporate, climbing the corporate ladder. So that's ultimately what I, what I chased. I went to university, got my business degree. First job was at Enterprise Rent-A-Car right out of university. Um, and, and that
1: was with a, what did you do there? I was a manager there. Okay. Uh,
0: well, started off as just like a, uh, whatever, the management trainee or whatever mm-hmm. program it was, and then kind of worked my way up. But ultimately found myself in uh, a large uh, national insurance company working as a district supervisor. And yeah, just continuing to climb that corporate ladder and make the six figures and do all those things. <laughs> um but the rest of my life was was uh kind of in shambles I think just um I was just unhappy mm-hmm. I was just unhappy um, and so that showed up in relationships and other things, and ultimately just kind of ran myself into the ground you know just didn't take care of myself mentally or emotionally mm-hmm. um, and kind of a big uh, a big turning point was uh actually a relationship that you know um, ended quite traumatically based on my Uh, my behavior. And, um, and it was a pretty devastating, you know, there's lots of shame and guilt and things like that. Uh, And this was someone I worked with in that corporate job. Mm. So (laughs) this was also something that I had to face, you know, before I could kind of run away from um, my mistakes or things I did, whereas this one, I had to kind of keep facing it head on. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, just kind of started showing up as health symptoms, right? I think just when we don't, um, do anything with our shame and guilt and stress and all those things, it kind of eats away at you from the inside mm-hmm. and that 's kind of what happened and yeah, so that that kind of led to my first panic attack, and uh, I lost about twenty pounds of weight and was just looking for answers and you know had the courage to to reach out and and, and start counseling mm-hmm. and it was through that process. Um, even though I didn't go for career advice, it was kind of through that whole process that I realized I was, I was just not living the life that I wanted to live or meant to live. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped me make a decision to, to and, exit. And that was through counseling that you figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as, um, as probably a lot of people, it was one of those things, especially as guys, I think I was looking for the quick fix initially. It was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, uh, I need some help. Um, okay. Um, okay. Here's where I messed up and, um, you know, let's talk about this relationship stuff so we can fix me and I can move on. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, of course, like as you go through those things and start peeling back the layers, next thing I know, we're talking about my childhood and we're talking about all these different things. And it starts putting the spotlight on all these areas that I've been ignoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was kind of my first introductory or first introduction to kind of, I guess, that personal personal development and kind of understanding myself a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And then through that process, um, realized the corporate world wasn't, wasn't for me or wasn't what I, what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I went to my, I went to my boss and, um, I was in a pretty high profile role. So I gave them plenty of notice. I think I went to them like in April and said like end of the year, end of December, like I'm out and I had no game plan, no idea what I was going to do. Um, I had known, I think, that it wasn't for me for a while, but just didn't – kind of the the thing I hid behind or the one thing that I always said to myself was, if I know what my purpose is or if I know what I want to do, then I'll have the courage to leave. But when you're in it Mm -hmm. and you're not spending any time figuring that stuff out – that answer just doesn't come. No. <laughs> so years went on and years went on, and years went on. So finally, I I just said, you how, know, how um, long were you there
1: for? Uh, it was about ten year career. Oh shit! So like it wasn't short. No. Okay. No. And um,
0: how yeah. many different
1: positions did you go through? Because you're saying you climbed the ladder.
0: Yeah. I mean, I started off as a as a salesperson working in a in an insurance office selling home insurance and car insurance, and um, then worked my way up into you know an office manager, and then worked my way up you know, from that to something else and then the district supervisor just kind of kept mm-hmm. creating positions for myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would just propose ideas and and you know, hey, here's where I see that we need help and they say, okay, well then, you know, do it. Create a role for yourself. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So I think I just I I once I put that out into the universe that hey, you know, I'm done with this, then that's when the next step started kind of happening. And because I'd been also on this health journey where I'd kind of run my health into the ground. I had started working with a naturopath and looking into some holistic stuff, Mm -hmm. and kind of by accident, just found this holistic nutrition program and decided to enroll. It was a one year program, full time, and I went back to my boss and I said, "I know I said end of December, but I'm actually out September uh, (laughs) because I'm going to do this program." And Mm -hmm. then I just kind of jumped right in.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so. How did you? Is there like how did you find the holistic? side of things like is there anything that triggered that because i feel like it's i don't know i still feel like kind of like an odd thing where people don't really it takes them a long time to move towards that where they'll try a lot sure. in like the western system and like you know, may will go to a doctor for years and be like okay maybe i'll try something else was there something that like triggered you to want to do that it
0: was just little i think just little
1: things that people introduced me over
0: time mm. you know and i think th- so the first step was um you know, a couple of years before uh, the person that I was dating introduced me to her naturopath said, Hey, you should uh, go, you should go see my naturopath. Right. Um, and I went and they introduced me to a couple of things that made me feel better. Um, and so I was like, okay, so that was say my first introduction mm-hmm. and then, you know, bodybuilding and doing things in the gym, I, you know, kind of started learning healthy, you know, not quite, but like <laughs> compared to what I was doing, you know, I started getting into the more healthy eating and things like that. And then like I said, when I kind of went through that, um, that kind of breakdown where, um, you know, my health was just kind of a mess. It was, it was, I decided to go to a naturopath cause I had created that relationship from before. Mm-hmm. And it was through them doing different kinds of, uh, holistic things that kind of got me interested a little bit more in nutrition and interested in these other things that we can be doing. And so I would read more, Um, and that's kind of how I found holistic nutrition. I was just Googling and reading an Mm. article and it was written by a holistic nutritionist. And I was like, what's holistic nutrition? (laughs) And then (laughs) a college popped up and I found myself meeting with them and, um, just Mm kind of went for it. That's awesome. So, so where was the course? It was, was it in Vancouver? It's in Vancouver. Yeah. The Institute of Holistic Nutrition. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. 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 So. Super transformational experience. Obviously I went in because I had a, a curiosity uh, and, and newfound kind of passion for holistic health, but it ended up being, um, transformational in so many ways I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one of them just being the only guy in a program with, yeah, all were women, you? um, yeah, that in itself was very healing because it kind of completely changed my, my relationship with women.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, that was a big, that was a big healing. I do notice that it's funny because I, I, I myself did a nutrition training as well, but not, uh, not the one year, like long one. I did a short kind of like, I think it was three months. Um, but similar, every time I, like I went and I show up for like the kind of starter weekend, I'm like, I'm the only guy here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny how little guys get into that kind of stuff. Totally. Um, but no, I think that's awesome. And and I guess I'm curious too about the course what did it look like being a year long? Like, did you go into the class like a class every day? Yep. So okay. it was it was on it was on campus.
0: It was kind. It was it was like um. And you had I had my group that I kind of went through the whole program with. How many of there were you? I think it was a class of like maybe twenty twenty five. And
1: you, all girls. Yeah, I was the only Holy. guy.
0: I was the only guy, and so um, yeah, I developed some really great friendships, and and like I said, I think it really kind of checked me in terms of. Up to that point in my life, I think there was a a certain part of me that if I was going to be in a room with, with 20 women, I would feel the need to kind of peacock a little bit and, Mm -hmm. and, and present myself a certain way. And I think just by nature of the course, number one, why I was doing the course was because I needed an overhaul in my life. And then Mm -hmm. the course itself being about holistic healing, I think it just kind of, Strip me down to kind of just how to just show up authentically mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. how to just be myself. And that then translated into just developing some very
1: real friendships and, and relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I like the idea of, of having um, the in-person course. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people will do the online versions. Like there's tons of uh, online, like holistic uh, nutrition courses and things like totally. that. And and the one I did was predominantly based online um but i think it's a lot cooler to be able to be in person like yep. build those relationships so yeah that that's sweet
0: yeah absolutely and i mean yeah I, I can't say enough about it for me um it was it was it was a very healing experience. And I think just going through that too, being around like-minded people who mm-hmm. obviously are on their own health journey or have been on a health journey, right? It kind of brings a certain kind of person to that mm-hmm. program. Sure. Um, so it just allows you to connect. And up to that point, i had felt kind of isolated because, you know, the part that people don't talk about is when you do go on any sort of personal development journey, personal growth, healing, whatever you want to uh, call it, um, it can be isolating mm-hmm. because if you're not surrounded by other people, that, that are on that journey or understand that journey, um, you kind of feel alone. Because mm-hmm. even the simple stuff of, like, when I started really paying attention to what I was eating, even back when I was in that corporate uh, role, showing up in a board meeting, and they're all ordering, you know, pizza and whatever for lunch, and I'm bringing my little Tupperware of, like, chicken and broccoli and stuff, mm. and you just get kind of ridiculed and kind of yeah. made fun of and stuff. Like, it's funny now, but, like, at the time, like that's hard. Mm -hmm. Like it takes courage to, you know, so I think anytime people are trying to make changes in their life, it's important to Mm -hmm. kind of have that community of people.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, it helps a lot. And like, I think too, especially like the the holistic thing can be hard. I think people, um, you know, there's still a lot of ridicule, like you say, um, around it or people don't understand it or they think it's fake or whatever it is. (laughs) So I, I think it's definitely can be a hard path to go down without uh, the people around you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, and just jumping back a little bit, you kind of in the introduction mentioned about uh, the comedy and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because even that, you know, being in the corporate world, being in that corporate role, I think because it was so not a part of me, but it just something that I felt like I needed to do. That's why I ventured out and like did things like stand up comedy. Mm -hmm. And I used to perform uh, rap at one point and used to (laughs) do, it was like, I had these, Uh, these kind of secret lives Mm -hmm. um, because I was unfulfilled in my main life. Right. Yeah, And so, you know, I think that's what the last few years has been is kind of how to, how to marry all those things together to Mm -hmm. understand that, Hey, I'm all of these different things. How can I live it all the time Mm -hmm. versus like between nine and five, I have to pretend I'm one person. And then on weekends, I'm this other person. And then over here, I'm another person. Mm -hmm. I think that's what also caused a lot of a lot of stress and internal pain too, is that, you know, you're kind of, at least for me, playing these different roles with different people Mm -hmm. rather than living a life where I'm just
1: me. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good insight. I like that. Um, so, so you kind of, so you did this course, it was a year. Yep. Um, and you just kind of took a step straight out of the corporate world into straight that.
0: out right into that, like quit my job. You know, I was fortunate enough to, to have some money saved away where I mm-hmm. knew I could live off of that for a year and not work. Um, yeah, just dove right in. I mean, that's kind of my personality. I knew if I was going to do it part-time cause there was part-time options. Mm. I knew if it was like, if I had one foot in and one foot out, like I just knew I had to kind of yeah. cord and just, and just jump in and have no safety net.
1: Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Well, I mean, maybe if you have the means. I don't know if it is, but that's what I always <laughs> yeah. do too. It's kind of just, you just go for it. And I mean, worst case, you can get another job.
0: Well, that's kind of how I felt, right? I was like, I've, I've, I've built this career. I have a resume, like I can do this. You know, I didn't know where the course was going to go. I mean, it was ultimately a year to figure how to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. That, that's really what the motivation was. Um, yeah and then figure out work after that. But once I was in it, I realized there's no going back to the kind of work I was doing. Um, I'll, I'll figure out how to make a, how to make a living in this. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that's taken many different shapes and
1: forms over the last few years. But um, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. Sweet. Yeah. So I guess like, I'm curious, like post course, like you did this course, you figured this out, like, um, well, you know, learned a lot about obviously how to take care of yourself. Sure. Where, like, where did you go after the course? Like, like what, because your vision before was like, okay, whatever. I don't know. I'm going to let go and yep. see what happens. Um, how did you feel? Like, what were you, what were you feeling like jumping into once that course was over?
0: Yeah. Once it was over, it was, it was, it was a whole nother scary thing. <laughs> the the doing of it was pretty easy for me. Yeah. Um, afterwards it's like, oh well, now I got to kind of face real life and go, okay, how, how am I going to, how am I going to support myself? How am I going to make money? How am I, what am I going to do? Um, I still
1: didn't really know. Sorry, Yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but just, um, did they like offer anything to like help you get hired somewhere or did they give, uh, did they have anything like that? Yeah. So part of the program, there's like a co-op
0: component of it. Um, so you do get some work experience and a lot of times that can lead to, um, jobs or connections or things like that. Mm -hmm. But, But again, it's not going to be these super high profile jobs. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, um, you know, not much more than minimum wage probably. Yeah. Like I don't really know
1: what you do with that. Like training. I know some people who do it and I know uh, some girls who work at um, like supplement store and stuff too. And then they use it for that. But yeah, I I don't really know a lot of what you would actually use it for. I know most people honestly do like what you did too. And why I did, it was just, for me, like I wanted yeah. to figure out my own life. I didn't really have a big uh, business or job idea in my mind behind it. I don't know if you did or not.
0: Um, not
1: really. I was kind of just seeing
0: how it would it would go. I think mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, possibly work for myself. I just didn't really know. Yeah, I just didn't really know. I just knew I didn't want to go back to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I think the people that really are the most uh, lucrative or successful with it are the ones that build their own businesses out of it. Yeah, right? exactly. like I have lots of. Um, People that I went to school with, I mean, they're doing great things. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they've built their own business in a specific niche market where they're helping people with a certain health concern. And they're offering online coaching and all these different things. Um, You know, initially I worked with athletes for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was doing sports nutrition and working with athletes in various sports. And it was fun. Mm -hmm. It was good experience. Um, I think just as we'll probably get into as I kept going, I just kept getting kind of like the nutrition was really important for me. Mm -hmm. Um, just didn't feel like it was my ultimate calling. Okay. So I still believe in nutrition. I still help people with nutrition when they ask. Um, but I think I just kind of kept being like, okay, this is kind of fun and interesting, but there was still that something kind of missing for me of that ultimate fulfillment. And mm-hmm. I think it was, okay, there's other areas that I want to help people in too. Right. Mm-hmm. I okay. think one thing I do think about nutrition, and you know, you can maybe share your experience too with it, is I feel like learning about nutrition and specifically holistic nutrition. It's kind of like a gateway, like it's a, it's a door into personal development, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's different entry points. Like someone may start with yoga. Someone may start with seeing a personal trainer. Someone may start with nutrition. It's like there, it's like this entry point. Mm -hmm. And then once you're in there, now it opens you up to all of these other kind of things in the holistic health space. And so that's one thing I do appreciate about nutrition is I think it's something that we can offer to help people with whatever thing they're struggling with, you, you, you can fix their, you can help them through, through diet and nutrition. And now they can, they, 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 are they're feeling better mentally. They're feeling better physically and now they're prepared and they're a little bit more open mm-hmm. to now exploring maybe some of these other things. Yeah. So I think for that reason, it serves a, a, serves a purpose. And I think that was the piece that I always wanted to kept going to more. And I almost mm-hmm. felt limited with just talking about nutrition, like, okay, you want to build some muscle and, you lose some fat, like, yeah, I can help you do that. But then through conversation, I can also sense these other things going on. And but it's like, oh, like I want to, yeah, I want to yeah. help with more.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I agreed the same thing. Like you said, how it kind of just opens a door and that's what it did for me. It was the first time I'd realized like, shit, there's more to this than just like, you know, doctors and getting some antibiotics or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, Cause I'd never really thought, never thought it made a difference. And when I went to a naturopath and he said, okay, well, let's change all this stuff in your diet right away. I was like, well, why does that actually do something? Yeah. (laughs) And I just never thought about it. So it it can give you that belief switch um, where you kind of just go, oh shit, like that makes a difference. What else does this as well? And you kind of just keep diving into new shit and trying stuff. Totally.
0: Totally. I mean, when I was 16, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Here oh. I am over 20 years later. And when I was doing that program, I remember learning about Crohn's and colitis and all these things in the program. And my mind just being blown about like, to be honest, kind of how simple it was mm-hmm. to treat holistically, if you know what you're doing. Yeah, and, and I remember thinking, you know, cause I had been diagnosed like 20 years ago. I was like, okay, well, a lot has changed in 20 years. Like I felt very, very good about that. And so then I went and like, I Googled like, the Crohn's and colitis foundation. And then sure enough, like the first line of the first paragraph is like, if you're diagnosed with Crohn's or colitis, there's no need to change your diet. And I was like, Oh, well, we're not that far ahead than as I thought. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. like here, I'm in a school where they're teaching all this stuff, but still
1: it's not mainstream. No, it's still not mm-hmm. the way that most people are getting treatment. No, no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's making some headway more so now, but it's still, there's still a long way to go, I think. Yeah. I think there's,
0: I think there's an awareness. I think people have reached a point where, um, they're starting to recognize from them for themselves that, you know, going to the doctor maybe isn't enough and, and, and that they need to kind of take ownership of their own health. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think what we've gone through as a society in the last six to eight months, I think further puts the spotlight on that, where it's you know okay, we gotta do something about our health here right? mm-hmm. and oh for sure, yeah, and I think that's really it. We have to kind of be our own doctors, and there's people we can go to that we can we that can that can help us and figure it out um but there does need to be that ownership mm-hmm. right it's not just I'm gonna put my health into this person's hands it's who can i work with collaboratively on my health mm-hmm. right yeah
1: you definitely just put it in your own hands that's yeah, for sure yeah yeah uh-huh. so yeah so that was
0: yeah so that was kind of the the nu- 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 nutrition piece and um like i said doing some nutritional counseling and you know working at VitaSave save and, and doing these different these different things
1: and then um it's
0: just kind of kept uh evolving mhm yeah
1: so so when you, you said it was another scary thing when you left the nutrition school. Yeah. What was that?
0: Well, I think because while I was in the in that, you know, bubble, so to speak, of 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 learning and being in nutrition school, you just feel like, wow, okay, I found my tribe, I found my community, uh, you know, I'm enjoying learning, all of this different stuff. And then when it ended and you go back out there, there's still a lot of, you know, conditioning and I think ego stuff coming up and, you know, having still in the back of my mind of coming from a place where I made six figures. Mm. Um, and then looking at job prospects that are like 17 bucks an hour. Um, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a bit of an ego trip, right? Like you're, 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 you're humbled. Um, and so I think just further, um, again, kind of getting aligned with what is actually important in my life, because so much of my life, there was that conditioning and belief system of what, a successful life look like Mm -hmm. there was still work to be done in that part. Right. And, and kind of letting go of some of that stuff and like, ultimately what is it that's important to me? Mm -hmm. Um, and even looking back on it, even when I was making really great money, um, most of it was wasted on stupid (laughs) stuff and it's wasted on stupid stuff because Mm -hmm. I'm unhappy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you kind of realize you don't actually need as much money as you think, but if you're really unhappy with your life, and you're constantly in need of more money mm-hmm. to keep buying these short-term fixes mm-hmm. that you think are going to make you happy. Yeah. So that was one. That so that was that was one lesson I think. Um, and I think just continuing to navigate where my where my place in the world was or what I actually wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Again, I think I got stuck on this idea that okay, I've left this corporate job, so now I have to prove that it was worthwhile. Yeah. So I have to become this great entrepreneur. I have to, right? And you start putting all these other pressures on you. Mm-hmm. And I put pressures on myself for sure. And then you kind of get crippled by just um
1: just that that pressure that you put on yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um so what did you what was what was your next step? Like what did you end up doing then? Like as you're looking through jobs and things um like what, what did you actually end up uh, doing? Yeah. So about? I had my own
0: clients, right. So I started okay. slowly building that and, and kind of working with clients and then working at, you know, uh, VitaSave and, okay. and, and, and kind of putting those things together and, um, kind of doing a few, you know, yeah, it was basically working with clients and then always kind of having a part-time job. Okay. Um, and then as we talked about before we started recording, then, Then someone came knocking on my door and there was a, there was a position where they needed somebody to actually run the college that I went to. Okay. And and that was, that was kind of the... How
1: long was that gap? Like you left the college and then how long did you have until they actually asked you to do that? And why did they? So I, I, I'd
0: I'd, I'd done some part-time work with them. So I was working like a couple days a week there, um, helping out with different areas. And then, um, so they, they, they knew me and were familiar with me and, and familiar with kind of my... My skill set and, mm-hmm. and kind of my career history. Yeah, it was probably about two years after finishing the program that um okay, that, so that, that opportunity came up. That opportunity came up and um and it just seemed like it just seemed like the right the right fit. Mm-hmm. Again, it even took me a while to make that decision uh- because <laughs> there was still there was still a part of me that's like, uh oh, does this mean like I failed? Like, you know. I'm not an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I'm still working for someone. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like those types of uh, those types of thoughts and things like that. Um, But I very much have kind of just surrendered to um, to kind of where life is directing me. Yeah. And just kind of trusting that life is putting me in in these positions for a reason. Mm -hmm. And certainly as I got into the role and as we've gone through a pandemic and things like that, I I know that I was I was meant to, to be in that leadership position and that You know, it was a rarity for somebody to know the school and know the program intimately like I do from having been a student and also have this business skill set and this experience in marketing and business and hiring and all these different things. So um, I feel like all of these, as I'm recognizing in all aspects of my life, you know, all these different experiences are ultimately kind of guiding me and putting, you know, putting Mm -hmm. me in a position for what I'm, I'm meant to do rather Mm -hmm. than looking at it as, Oh, I'm jumping from this thing to that thing to, you know, it's, it's all building valuable experience. Um, and just trusting that life has a plan Mm -hmm. and, and just kind of surrender a little bit to that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think that's awesome. That's like, you're not trying to force all these things to happen you're just enjoying what's coming and you know mm-hmm. I, I i think the same thing also where like you know even in the in the future like all these things again will like seemingly come together somehow and there'll be a reason that you've learned um all these things or or Absolutely. taken on these positions and it's like always impossible to know what that'll be but but like you said like the universe has a plan that you can't even begin to imagine how that is going to unfold. Yeah. Um, And you can have a vision, right? You can have a
0: vision or a goal, but, you know, and I can't remember, I I wish I could quote whoever it was. I don't remember. I I read and listen to so many things, but I I remember somebody saying, you know, you can have that, you can have that vision, but, you know, a lot of times where people get very unhappy or get very negative in their life is you have this thing of where you want to be And then let's say you're working that retail job and there's such a big gap in between your vision and what you're doing that you just feel miserable and unhappy versus looking at, you know, what can I get out of this job or this thing that I'm in right now that is going to serve me Mm -hmm. for what I'm ultimately wanting to do, Mm -hmm. right? So in that real retail job, what are things, what are duties, what what are skills that I can work on every day in that job? That are going to serve me for this longer term vision, and I think when you have that kind of mindset too, you know, now it feels like you're working towards something and you're building something mm-hmm. rather than it being like
1: I'm not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Did you find that when you were working at VitaSave? Like, is that what you were doing?
0: Totally. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Especially coming right out of nutrition school, um, having all this knowledge but not having the real life application. Just being able to be in front of people and basically. Have to put a, a plan together or assess them in like five minutes of talking to them. It, it, it's a great skill set to 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 learn, right? If I if I meet you, okay, you know, you walk in and you're, hey, I just came from the doctors and they say I have IBS or whatever. Um, I got like two three minutes with you to kind of figure out something. Mm-hmm. That's a fun challenge, yeah. And and it also kind of so it developed, you know, being able to talk about these things that I, I had the textbook knowledge, but how do I actually apply it? How do, I, how do I help people? How do I convey it in a way that isn't this complicated scientific stuff, mm-hmm. right? How do I just help people in the moment or, or bring some sort of new uh, enlightenment to them, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was super valuable for that, just the yeah. application of the knowledge.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I like that idea of like, yeah. It, and I think it's so easy to have that huge vision and yeah it can be like you said you just can cripple yourself or you go okay like I'm not getting anywhere it's so far away how am I supposed to do that um, but realizing that you know everything you're doing right now something's going towards that absolutely Um and I was also interested in what you said about how you just realized like I don't know you kind of realized like you weren't happy and you were working um, towards these things and the money and all that stuff like is there anything you were doing in that time that was like making big realizations? Because like you you went and you did the nutrition school mm-hmm. and um, like, what did you do outside of that though? Like, I feel like that would be like, you know, the nu- nutrition school is kind of in place of like your day-to-day or you were realizing like in the corporate world, you weren't happy and you saw the counselor and stuff. But like, what were you doing like outside of those in like what you call like your personal time? Because sure. um, I, I, I feel like you're probably like you said, you read a a lot and and watch things. I think that's what's important because a lot of people will, you know, have the same realization as you maybe where I'm not happy, but then they will just go home and watch Netflix for five hours Um, and then, or they'll just go home. And yeah, I feel like there's a big, I usually see a big gap in what people who make these shifts do outside of that, like you know kind of work hours mm-hmm. uh kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Well, there's a few things. So, you know, one, obviously, you know, leaving my job and taking myself out of that environment and putting myself into an environment with like a whole like, you know, new mm-hmm. people, different community, that in itself, like I said, you learn a lot from those people, but then I also made a conscious effort of you know, I didn't do any dating. I didn't get any relationships at that time. Right. Because that was something that was, that I had recognized through counseling. That was a big part of, of something I needed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I always was from one relationship to the other. Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, so even just creating that space for the first time, really probably in my life to dedicate a whole year to just me Yeah, yeah. and to be by myself and to be comfortable by myself. Right. So going to school full time and then, you know, obviously studying in my own time, um, but just learning how to, how to be alone and Mm -hmm. be okay with being alone. Right. For me, that was, that was what I, what I needed Mm -hmm. um, is to just not distract myself through relationships. And very much of what I've been on is a self-love journey. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I was trying to heal for myself, I was trying to heal through other people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, by being in relationships, by, you know, dating, you know, all these different things. It was a lot of it was because I was seeking some sort of, um, some sort of love that was missing until I realized that like, it's me who needs to fill that for myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I can build, I can build something with somebody else. So that was a big thing in terms of specifics. You know, someone like Brene Brown was probably one of my first, Mm kind of introductions to, I guess you would call the self-help stuff. And that happened in that relationship. I said that was kind of a pivotal catalyst for a lot of this, right? If it wasn't for that one relationship that ended really badly, um, who knows how long, how how much longer would have taken me to kind of take ownership of, fuck, I need to fix my ways, Mm -hmm. right? And so it was in that relationship that that person introduced me to Brene Brown. And so that kind of you know, you know, I read her book, uh, the gifts of imperfection and like watched her Ted talks and stuff. And so that was kind of like a first introduction and then, um, going through nutrition school. Um, yeah. Continuing to, to find out different about different people and read different, read different books. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the the untethered soul by Michael Singer was was a huge one. Um, yeah, I'm sure as we continue talking, I'll, I'll bring up more references, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then, you know, the simple things, well, maybe not so simple, but, um, you know, having a journal practice, um, you know, learning to, to, like I said, sit with myself and, and, and write without, without judgment and kind of check in with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, learning, learning a meditation practice, you know, how to be, how to be silent and just kind of, um observe what's going yeah. on in your mind right um all of these things and 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 it's a it's a continual it's a continual practice um you know i think that's the one message i always try to get across to people and probably one of the reasons that a lot of people don't take on this work is there isn't really an end point mm. right so it's not like I'm going to go to counseling for a year or I'm going to watch some documentaries and read some books. And now I'm fixed. I've reached this place of (laughs) enlightenment. Um, it's like every layer that you peel back, it kind of reveals more problems and more things that you need to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's, it's this continual, it's this continual journey. Um, and I think, uh, even, even for myself, there's been parts of the journey where I kind of go, man, I, I wish I could kind of be unaware again and turn and turn back around right because like it's like once you're aware there's certain things that you can no longer tolerate or ignore um but but sometimes it's just constant effort um and kind of oh when i was when i was naive and unaware um you know like the saying ignorance is bliss um but it's at the end of the day it's really not because you're you're you know you're probably yeah. miserable.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So you're unaware, but you're also miserable. Um, but becoming more aware, you just become more aware of your shit. Mm-hmm. And you, like I said, I keep, I keep learning more and more stuff and go, Oh, every time I think like
1: I've reached this milestone, I'm like, Oh, I'm still really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're kind of, it's kind of funny. Yeah. You're always kind of like that where I'm same shit. I'm just like, fuck. I'm like, okay, I've got it now. Like I'm good. I'm good. And then it's like, or because I've been doing life coaching for the past year and a half mm-hmm. now, and and many times I will go, fuck, like well, I haven't even seen this guy anymore. Yeah, like, I don't need a fucking life coach. I was like, I'm fine. Like I'm feeling good. Yeah. Fuck it. Like, and I'm like, hey, whatever. I'll just talk to him this one last time, and then I I go in and and we chat, and then I leave, and I'm like, God, I'm an idiot. I can't believe I thought I didn't need to go to that. Yeah, <laughs> and like every time, um, it's crazy how you can kind of just like think you're there, but then as soon as you, I, I don't know, it's just always work
0: always work and and even you know like even the point I'm at now where it's I have to kind of keep reminding myself that you know you need like we all need help from others Mm -hmm. at any stage so you 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 grow and you get to this new stage and maybe you just need a new coach or a better coach or a different coach but you're never going to really get to a point where like you're the guru who can do it all alone I really don't think there's such a thing right you know uh, there's a lot that I can share with people and there's a lot of people that may look to me and be like, wow, like, you know, so much, like I can be a teacher, but as much as I'm a teacher to them, I'm still very much a student of life learning tons on my own from other people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that's kind of the, the journey is the, is being the student and the teacher always. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and sharing, um, but not, not thinking that you have it all figured out. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I know for sure. You still have to be like, getting the information and stuff uh, elsewhere too Mm -hmm. yeah I like that Um, and you mentioned some stuff about like psychedelics Mm. I was curious a a little bit about what you got how you got into that and what you sort of did with it
0: yeah so again you know I kind of call it like I guess planting seeds. And, you know, and there's probably people that might listen to this and some of the stuff I say might plant a seed for them. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there was just different stages. I, I, I'd heard, you know, maybe four or five years ago, I worked with a personal trainer and he was, uh, he was a real kind of like, uh, I don't know. He had like Viking blood. He was very, (laughs) he was very intense. Um, and I remember one time him telling me about ayahuasca and at the time I'd never heard of it. And he tried to, and he kind of explained it to me, didn't really get it at the time, but it kind of, again, it planted that yeah. seed where it was like, okay. And then, you know, maybe a couple of years later, hear it on a podcast and, you know, and then, you know, I started meeting people in, in my life that, um, that, you know, knew about these things. And, and actually one of the, I guess probably the starting point was maybe about three years ago. Um, I had been reading about, um, magic mushrooms. Right. Mm. And, and, and some of the research that was going on about, you know, uh, psychedelics and mushrooms and and how they can be so beneficial in, um, kind of, you know, awareness and, and bring you these insights and and healing and things like that. My only experience had been in university where it was just to get messed up and have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so here it was like, I hadn't done something like that in like, you know, over 10 years. And, um, so anyway, I had been, Kind of researching that, and, and just kind of curious about it, and then I was at a holistic uh, event, and I met a guy who had done the program that I'd done. He was alumni, and we just got chatting about the universe and life. He was kind of an eccentric guy mm-hmm. um, and, and just had this worldly stuff to share, and it was right up my alley where I, want, I, I was ready to engage in that kind of conversation and I'd mentioned to him you know how I'd been doing some reading on mushrooms and how I'm thinking of reintroducing mushrooms into my life. Um, but using it as therapeutic medicine, as opposed to Mm -hmm. just some fun thing. And so we had a good conversation. Then a few days later, he showed up, he showed up to work, to my work, and he brought me like a David's tea canister. Um, and he was like, Hey, like, these have been super helpful on my journey. I don't have use for them anymore. I want to pass the gift on and I opened it up and it was a bunch of magic mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like the universe literally handing me, (laughs) um, (laughs) handing me the medicine. And Mm -hmm. so I have, I probably kept that for maybe six months and then, you know, kind of got to a point where I was like, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I kind of planned a day and I took a, took a handful of mushrooms and (laughs) went and found a place in a park and I brought a journal and headphones and a blanket and was like, okay, like, I'm just going to go for the hero's journey here. (laughs) And, uh, um, almost immediate, like almost immediate regret when I consumed them at first because it was a bumpy ride up. (laughs) Um, and you know, it kind of, I remember having the thought, okay, I can still get back to my apartment. Like, maybe yeah. I shouldn't be out here. Um, but I, almost as I had that thought, um, there was like no way. Like, my legs were done. Like, it was like forcing me to basically like lie down. Mm. And I laid down and kind of surrendered to it. And it ended up being probably to this day still the most uh, beautiful experience of my life. Um, there, you know, there was a lot of, initially, there was a lot of fear. Um, It kind of took me through some, some darker feelings and ultimately I came out this other side where I guess I would describe it. It was like something in my mind opened up and the universe, it was like, it was just downloading information and it was in a language that wasn't words or, or talking. I can't even describe it. It was just annoying. And, um, and, and, and just remember just like literally nodding my head along, like, okay, I get it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's all about love. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, whatever the communication was. Um, but what it did for me in that day is it, it, I felt an incredible feeling of love and joy. And I realized in that moment that I had actually never felt joy before. So there was some sadness in that realization Mm -hmm. that here I am in my mid thirties and I'd never actually felt joy, but then I was actually feeling it and feeling how good that was. Um, and, and feeling love. And it was just, again, it was another door that opened. Mm-hmm. It was another door that opened my awareness. Um, that worked for me. It was super powerful as a first step. Um, I wouldn't suggest everyone doing that. I think, <laughs> I think that's the thing I want to kind of make clear is psychedelics have been um, very, very helpful in, 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 my, in my learning and my journey but doesn't mean that it's for everybody Mm -hmm. and and you definitely want to do it um, under safe conditions. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of my first introduction and then, you know, that experience just really, really opened me up and just really, really kind of changed a lot of things. And then from there again, just the universe, I guess, kept putting people in front of me that introduced me to, to things. And so, you know, I was then sharing this experience, which initially I felt hesitant to share. Cause you don't know how people are going to feel mm-hmm. about this stuff. Right. Um, and I remember being um, with someone and kind of opening up and sharing it and not knowing how they would react. And then they started sharing about some of their experiences and then they told me about their ayahuasca experience. And I was like, so interested in learning about that. And then that ultimately, because of that connection led to, you know, how to find somebody who works with that medicine and mm-hmm. and, and how to, how to um, undertake that. So
1: um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I liked the part of, I, I feel like people will, can hear these stories and they will like, oh, they think it's initially like, can not need to do that? It's going to fix me. Or they think they're going to have the same experience. Um, and I like, I kind of, I like your whole approach where you're, you're, in reality there too, you're kind of just surrendering to like, you know, you had a few signs and then now it's literally smacked right in front of your face. And even when it was, you didn't just take the jar and go like eat the whole fucking thing because (laughs) he just gave it to you. You you still just kind of wait and then go, okay. Like, you know, it feels um, like the right time. And I feel like that's something that um, has been important for me too, because a lot of people well man, like you talk about mental health and people tell you about mushrooms all the time. And I'm like, yeah I know, but like I still just haven't had I just haven't felt like it's the right time for me to do mm-hmm. it um yet, so I mean, I feel like one day I might or i I probably will, but um again same- same thing where I'm just kind of like, i don't know, it just doesn't feel right yet, so I think not forcing that or not you know having a big expectation of what's gonna happen, i think i it, it is key, although I've never experienced it myself, that's just kind of my own belief. Behind it is, it, it's not going in with like a major expectation. That's it changed someone's life. I'm going to have the same thing.
0: Yep. And, and I fall into that trap, mm-hmm. right. Where even the non-psychedelic self-help stuff, yeah. you, you, <laughs> yeah. you can, you can, you can, you can get fooled into that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the next step was, uh, you know, meetings. And I remember somebody saying to me, the more I started talking to people about ayahuasca and people had done ayahuasca and someone said to me, um, You'll know it's right because she'll come calling. And she is in because, you know, um, the indigenous people that kind of work with ayahuasca traditionally, um, it's called the grandmother medicine, right? Mm. So it has a female spirit to it. Um, and it says, she will come calling. What the fuck does that mean? She'll come yeah. calling, right? Like, I just didn't get it until it happened Mm -hmm. and then you get it and Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's experience will be different, but there was just very clear signs Mm -hmm. that started coming and it was like, okay, this is, this is the time Mm -hmm. to do it. And to your point, um, I had heard some very amazing transformational stories and, you know, people talking about these uh, incredible visions and things like that. And I kind of set myself up to go in expecting a certain thing. And it wasn't that. And initially, even in the actual ceremony, um, feeling disappointment and Mm. being like, I'm not getting the crazy, um, experience and almost missing out on the gifts that were going to come in that ceremony Mm. because I almost just shut myself off to, I'd had this expectation of what it's going to be. It wasn't living up to that. And, and then, you know, but once again, kind of letting go of that and going, okay, here I am just, uh, just kind of surrender to it. And, you know then the medicine was ready to start working with me, mm-hmm. and I call it medicine because you know that's really how it should be treated. It mm. should be treated like a sacred medicine. It's not something that like yeah, you just you just take recklessly mm-hmm. um you know it it can be it can be very powerful, but it has to be under the right conditions, and it has to be with people who know what they're doing and that you have your safety in mind mm-hmm. and, and all of these and all of these things.
1: What was that ceremony like or like your calling to it, if if you feel comfortable sharing that? Sure.
0: So the calling to it started with, I think, just more and more um, people with just organically bringing it up in conversation. Mm. It was like, wow, that's like the fifth time <laughs> I've heard someone say that they've done ayahuasca, they're going to do ayahuasca. Like, mm. why does this keep happening? And then um, I actually, I, did a, I met a lady who um, was a cambo practitioner. I don't know if you've heard of cambo. No. So Campbell's not a psychedelic, but it's another Amazonian medicine that um, it's basically poison from an Amazonian frog.
1: Mm. And I have heard of it actually.
0: And the idea of it or how it's used traditionally is to um, cleanse out your body of all like physical toxins, um, mm. but also clear out emotional. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I got talking to this lady about it and I was like, like I went and tried it and I, and I, and I booked a, ser- a one-on-one ceremony with her. And so what they do is they literally, um, they have like a piece of, 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 of wood and they like burn, they burn a couple holes in your skin, like mm. just the top layer. And then they place the poison on that wound. So it gets right in your bloodstream and you're essentially having a reaction to, to poison. Yeah. Um, it's a scary feeling. Like, you know, my throat felt like it was closing up. My face just like felt like it was going to like burst. Um, you could feel, I could actually feel blood, like the blood moving through my body, rushing through my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is that it's going to make you purge. And you're, you know, it's purging all of the stuff that needs to come out of you. Mm-hmm. So there's no visions. There's no psychedelic element. It's more just kind of okay. like a spiritual clearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a super difficult experience for me. And it taught me a lot because it taught me how much I, don't surrender and hold on to stuff. So the whole idea of this, the whole reason people take this is because it makes you puke violently. And that's the part that people don't enjoy. I was not throwing up from it because whatever my body was trying to get rid of, subconsciously, clearly I was holding on. Mm. So it was just this emotional baggage that I was just holding on to and not letting go. And it literally felt like I was wrestling with a demon. Mm. I remember it just feeling like this big dark cloud over me and just this thing that needed to get out of me that I wasn't letting Mm -hmm. go of and so that kind of gave me some insight into you know I did eventually throw up and kind of finish that but I'd never been so exhausted and it never it was just very and it was only 20 minutes but it was like a very difficult 20 minutes um (laughs) and it left me just with this sense this knowing of okay there's some there's some unresolved anger and there's some like there's some dark shit in there Mm. um so yeah. So then did you end going, up puking? I did. Okay. But for she had to end up putting more, more poison on me and she was saging me. And, uh, <laughs> I, at one point she had to guide me to like literally put my own hand in my mouth to make myself puke mm. because I just was not You're doing it. Do it. Yeah. Um, so,
1: so they don't have to like antidote you or anything like it. It's it's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill you. They, they give you enough that it, it does the job, but they don't have to like take exactly. any precautions or, or whatever. No. Okay, cool. No,
0: but, but it, is, it is a scary feeling because yeah. you are having a poisonous reaction. Oh, and so yeah. it does feel like you, you could die. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, again, that was another step of like, okay, there's some, there's some deeper emotional stuff that I need to get to. And ultimately, this is what has always led to all these, the work with psychedelics is for me, counseling going back to that story if I'd never done counseling I don't get to all of this yeah but I had I'd like counseling ran its course for me you know it helped me with a you know it was someone asking questions that I hadn't asked myself and it was somebody who could throw back at me you know things that I wasn't looking at but then it got to a point where there was just no more levels I could go with it Mm. because at the end of the day, I'm still using my mind and I'm still, I can still manipulate and be in control and I can still choose to hold with, withhold back things. Mm. Whereas I find psychedelics kind of just you're faced with your shit and there's no, there's no hiding from it. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't, you can't manipulate your way out of it. So the Campbell experience happened. And then it was shortly after that, that ayahuasca happened um, so I'd already kind of thought like, okay, maybe ayahuasca is the next step. And then the day after doing Cambo, which the next day, by the way, felt great. Mm. I woke up in the morning, like I had three espressos, but I had no coffee. I just had so much energy. Yeah, It was just like this renewed energy and this clarity. And I went on a hike with my girlfriend and we're up by this like waterfall and we're, we're, we're sitting there and the sun's beaming down. I'm just feeling blissful. And then this guy starts coming up the trail and he's being real loud and obnoxious and he's just really getting under my skin. Right. And I'm like, he's like ruining my whole vibe <laughs> and I'm like wanting the blame, you know, it's like, ah, uh, you know, and then I'm like, again, okay, like he's here for a reason. Like just don't let him. Uh, and so as he gets closer, he walks by and he stops and he literally, he turns and he had this big black snake tattoo on his arm and one of the symbols of ayahuasca is if you look at any paintings or artwork um of ayahuasca it always involves a serpent or a snake Mm, um and so that to me in that moment that was that was the sign like it was just here there was this disturbance and then you know literally right in front of me kind of the symbol of a of a snake Mm -hmm. um so yeah so that was the the next so then i i went and did um ayahuasca
1: which was um where did you find like a person for, did you just reach out to someone who you'd previously talked to about it? Yeah. So people that have, 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 have,
0: um, have worked with shamans, um, and kind of got a, got a referral. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's not really something you can just Google and find. Right. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more underground that way. Um, unless you're going to go to like Peru and go to like a resort. Um oh that, they offer a, it at resorts there? So that's where the medicine comes from, is from Peru. Mm-hmm. Um and so like the shaman that I've worked with, um, you know, he's from here, but he he spent years in Peru kind of learning under them and then yeah. has kind of done his own thing here. So um yeah, I knew people that went to Peru and that's where they experienced it. Um, you know, it's been a medicine there for thousands of years. Um and yeah, there's like resorts that you can go to um for that where you spend a couple of weeks and um, you know, they prepare you and do all the cleansing and then you have like multiple ceremonies throughout those, uh, huh. those, those weeks that you're there. So I just did this single night ceremony um, and it was, like I said, initial disappointment because of some stories I had heard, like it just sounded like these incredible visions and in movies and stuff. And I wasn't seeing any of that stuff. Um, but once I let go of that expectation, then things started happening. And, you know, with any of this stuff, it's important to go in with an intention. And my intention was to get to the root of um, kind of like understand like where, where some of the stuff that I'm dealing with, where, where it comes from, right. The stem of it. And I remember there was initially this moment where, you know, my eyes were closed and again, I just had this sense of, you know, darkness or it almost shows up and kind of like, it feels like demons or something are surrounding you. Um, and it was like, they were taunting me, but not quite engaging me. And then it went away. And then the next thing I know, and this is going to sound very abstract, but the next thing I know, I was in, I was in my mother's womb and like literally there, like literally started curling up in a ball physically and wrapping myself in a blanket. And then just was like there, Mm -hmm. um, and it brought me to this place of just there I was and I could feel all my mom's anxiety and pain and trauma. And when I say like feel it, like I felt it, like it was overwhelming. Like mm-hmm. I'd never cried so hard in my life. Like it was just, I just wept, mm-hmm. but in the best way, because it was just this huge release. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I knew how much of my stuff I had gotten from my mom right mm-hmm. like how i i'm i'm carrying a lot of a lot of her pain and her anxiety and the anxiety that shows up in me uh, a lot of that came from her mm-hmm. so i know that might be a weird concept for some people to get but yeah. that's kind of what i'm talking about is that's something i wouldn't be able to get to in talk therapy no right like that <laughs> that was that was that was an experience mm-hmm. um so yeah that that was that was that experience yeah <laughs> that sounds like
1: <laughs> yeah it's definitely I don't know. It's, it's crazy. I mean, everybody's, I mean, everyone who does, it seems to have, I don't know, anyone who just doesn't get anything or have like, I don't know. It doesn't matter what, I mean, it's an experience at the end of the day, like good or bad. It's, it's an experience. And I feel like there's always takeaways. Um, But I think like another, did you do it more than once? Like, have you done it again? So
0: I did it again. Mm-hmm. And, and that was kind of the comment I said where, you know, you can, you can, you know, this is why you have to treat it like a sacred medicine mm-hmm. because, um, I think I had the first experience and was kind of like, felt like, Oh, I'm an expert now. <laughs> and the second one, I think I just went into it with a little too cavalier and it maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't, maybe the calling wasn't there. I just thought like, Oh, I'm going to do it again. Mm-hmm. um, and it was, it was the hardest night of my life. It was a terrible experience. Mm. Absolutely terrible. Um, but from my own doing, no one, no one's fault. Um, again, still a huge lesson out of it because Mm. a lot of the lesson that I got out of it was what truly surrendering means. Um, and I think I was trying to, I was trying to control the experience Mm. and, and, um, you know, whether you believe it's a, whether you believe it's an actual spirit, um, or whether, you know, the medicine just works with your subconscious, whatever you want to believe. Um, it it tossed me around and wrestled with me and was teaching me a lesson for trying to control the experience, Mm. you know, because as it was showing me different things and kind of just doing different stuff, I was kind of like, no, 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 no. Like I want to learn about this or like, no, 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 I want to do it. And yeah. yeah. And, and I got, um, yeah, it was just a very dark, mm. uh, very dark experience. Um, so that's why I say you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be real, real careful with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I still got lots of lessons out of it, but it definitely, it definitely spooked me for sure. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I did get out of it was how much I'm living in my head, and that's why it was such a terrible experience. Yeah. Um, was because I was trying to figure out everything, and then when it was getting real dark and overwhelming, and I was like, I don't know how to get out of this again, I was trying to figure it out with my mind Mm. and it was almost really highlighting for me in a very scary, dark way, um, how much I live in my head and not my heart. Mm. Um, and ultimately that's a, that's a, that can be a dark place, Mm -hmm. right? Like it was literally just, I can't really recreate it through words, but it was just, you know, just a mental, yeah, just being, just being locked in a mental prison is what it felt like. And I couldn't get out and 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 it was it was very eye opening. Mm-hmm. I was grateful when it was over. <laughs> yeah, but it also taught me like, okay, that's the work I need to do. I need to, you know, I approach everything, I approach life through my mind. Mm-hmm. How do I actually? How do I actually live it more through through my heart and soul, right? Rather than um, trying to figure everything out and analyze everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a that was a
1: huge. A huge learning moment for sure is there any like steps now like that you've done like what do you do to like have is there anything you've done to to make that um change from your
0: still working on yeah. it always working on like it how and that's, recent and that's, was this this was this was a while ago now. Okay. Um yeah, and and I haven't I haven't revisited ayahuasca since mm-hmm. because I f- still feel like I haven't fully integrated those lessons. Yeah. And so um you know, that's the other big thing is with this with with any work with psychedelics is um it's it doesn't fix your problems. Mm. It doesn't fix you. What it does do is it presents you to things that are almost impossible for you to be able to be aware of or confront otherwise. Mm. Right. So like I said, through talk therapy or through journaling, I'm not going to reach the depths that this is bringing up, but it's just bringing it to me so that I'm aware of it. Mm -hmm. Now I have to do something with it. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that I, I think, um, we can get very naive about is just, okay, I'm going to go have this experience and it's going to cure me and I'm just going to be this like light being (laughs) and, and I'm enlightened. Um, and it's not, it's just going to show you the work that you need to do. Mm -hmm. And it's a, that's a blessing. That's a gift. Um, and certainly I wouldn't have learned those things. I don't think any other way. Um, but yeah, still have to, still have to do the work. So Mm -hmm. yeah, as far as the, you know, the head and the heart stuff, I mean, you know, again, you know, it's strengthening my meditation practice. You know, I did a silent meditation retreat over the summer, um, to continue to, to integrate that piece. I think just, just to just get quiet in my own mind and try and and try and listen to my intuition. I think a lot of times my mind overtakes my intuition or Mm -hmm. it becomes just this argument (laughs) where it's like, I don't trust it. So then I analyze it and then I get lost in my thoughts. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't really have a template or an answer for you. I think, I think just continuing to use the tools that are available to me to continue to, to cultivate that and to, to get out of my head more and more. So spending more time walking in nature, um, still doing the journaling, doing the meditation. So now when I get, when I feel like I have a thought or, I'm ruminating on thoughts that are not helpful. It's catching that thought, recognizing that is not helpful, and then immediately changing my environment, but not changing my environment by distracting myself with something like Netflix or yeah. having booze or smoking a joint or whatever. It's, okay, I'm in this ruminating thought that is not helpful. I need to go take myself for a walk and get into nature, and all of a sudden I kind of come back to you know, my heart or my soul or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Or, okay, I need to go, you know, sit in meditation. And sometimes it's going to be a great meditation and sometimes it's it's going to suck, mm-hmm. but just doing that, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's been the biggest thing for me is just catching, catching when I'm like, this thought isn't helpful. Mm-hmm. I call it mental masturbation. Like yeah. I would just get caught in mental masturbation where I would just, I would let a thought go and then I'd start ruminating on it and I'd spend 20 minutes just thinking about, this disaster scenario or about a past event and it's not helpful.
1: No. Yeah, not at all. I think too, like, I like, I think like maybe there's not a specific practice like you're doing. I mean, obviously that is essentially yeah. a practice, but um, actually in like one of Michael Singer's books, I've read the untethered soul and the surrender experiment. Yeah. And I don't know if it's in those books, but he also has an audio it's called it's not actually a book it's like he has some on audible he has some like audio courses mm. it's called the untethered soul in action and it kind of like dives i wouldn't say deeper but it's it's a little different um uh, but it's really good like i've probably listened to it four or five times this year like at one point i was just like man i can't stop listening to this like it just makes so much sense mm-hmm. but one of the things he said that i thought about um when you were sharing there is that just being aware of it is 90% of the work. Totally. Like now that you have that awareness that you want to get out of your head into your heart, like just knowing that now you you are working on it by just knowing it, even if you aren't physically like doing something. Totally. I think so.
0: The awareness is huge. I think, you know, one of the missteps for me on, on my personal growth journey was thinking, like I said before, that there's this end point or there's this point of enlightenment. There's this point where just everything is easy. I'm just like, I'm just flowing all the time. And, you know, I've learned that that's not the case. It's constant work, but you have that awareness and then you can do something with that awareness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I think he says it in the untethered soul. He describes it like thorns Mm -hmm. where we have these experiences and they're like thorns and you know, every time someone rubs up against the thorn, um, it causes us discomfort or pain and we can either continue to try and avoid it. Right. So we can just go through life trying to make sure nobody rubs our thorns, right. Which then, you know, those are people who, okay, I'm not going to be in relationships. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And they just kind of isolate themselves because they don't want those pain points rubbed or that pain point gets rubbed and you go, okay, this is an opportunity to pull out the thorn. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love, I love the way he described that because it provides that visual of like, okay, we have these, these things in us. And so even if it's something like a day at work or, or talking to a family member or a friend and you have that moment where like, you know, when you're, someone says something and like your blood gets boiling and you're just like, you want to react. Like it's not that that stuff doesn't happen to me anymore, but if it does happen, I'm aware that it's happening Mm -hmm. and I'm aware that like, I need to step away and I go, why, why is that? And I, and I question it. Mm -hmm. Why is that happening? Like, why am I seeing red right now? (laughs) Oh, because this person said this thing and it makes me feel like I'm not good enough.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Well, that's bullshit. (laughs) I am good enough, but it's also like, Oh, there's still some work to do there. Right. Mm -hmm. There's still maybe some old wound or something that's there that, that is reminding me of, of this other painful experience. Mm -hmm. So it's having that awareness and the awareness just helps you to continue to, to work through it in the moment Mm -hmm. versus that same moment happens and you just react with anger. Yeah. You know, you get pissed off or you go home and you crack open some beers to just kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. drown it away. Um, It's getting rid of those things Mm -hmm. and, and facing it. And that's why it's work because like I said before, you, you, you have this awareness now Sometimes it's like, oh, I wish I didn't have the
1: awareness because now it's
0: like, ah, fuck, I got homework.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they always got homework. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. I think. Yeah, like I think it's been. I know it's been like really cool to hear all this stuff and like a lot of it is, um, you know, it resonates a lot with like my life and, and things that. um I've like you know realizations I've uh, recently made and things like that. So um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like this is it's yeah. been good. I, I like listening to this and and um, and hearing it all. Um, I was curious. Like I don't know. Is there anything? Is there anything else that you feel like? Um, I don't know. Like I don't really know where where to go with it now. Like what, yeah. do you, what are you thinking? I know. I kind of just threw a lot yeah, at I'm you. There. Like okay. Um, like-
0: yeah. You know. I think. I mean, let me, I guess I'll just share kind of what I know to be, know to be true. And I think, you know, um, continuing to be curious, Mm -hmm. right. Being curious, I think is very, very important. Being curious of why you behave a certain way, Mm. why you have these certain habits, and then being compassionate with yourself to know that even when you do have that awareness, um, that you're still going to, Still gonna fall back into bad habits, you know. Just mm-hmm. because I've read the untethered soul and done a few psychedelic journeys isn't gonna erase 30 years of, you know, mm-hmm. bad habits and conditioning. There's still that program running. So I gotta continue to work at running a different program until the new program becomes the operating software mm-hmm. in me, right? And so I think just having that compassion for yourself of like, yeah, sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm going to fall back into old habits, you know, but then, you know, course correcting, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. And then having the courage, having the courage to um, not only explore yourself and, and do some of this stuff, but to have the courageous conversations, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, that's something that's been huge for me is to, you know, like in my relationship, um, you know, if things come up, having that vulnerable conversation of, you know, Hey, I'm feeling this right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that wasn't your intention, but here's how it made me feel. Mm -hmm. Um, here's, here's the train of thought. I know this train of thought is crazy, but I'm having this train of thought Mm -hmm. and then we can talk about it. And then it further allows us to connect and understand each other Mm -hmm. versus being isolated and just staying with those thoughts. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what would happen. I mean, especially as men, you know, we tend to just kind of put up this, uh, this, uh, this armor and, 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 um, you know, pretend we have it all figured out and nothing bothers us, but things are bothering us. <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so I think just being able to talk and, you know, but you have to be able to have people that you can trust with that because not everybody, um, has earned the right to, to hear your most intimate thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Not everybody has, has earned the trust to, to handle that with care. So I think that's the other thing is, is, is being able to build people you can trust, whether that is an actual professional or whether that is, you know, a community uh, of people that you've cultivated for yourself that you can, you can have that. But, Mm -hmm. um, you definitely, you definitely need that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that I still continue to push myself to do. Um, because I very much, um, have been a loner for a a large part of my life where, um, I'm social, right. But when it comes to, to my personal stuff, it's like, I always just kind of kept that all to myself. You know, I was kind of very mysterious, you know, it was (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, you you got certain elements of me, but there was all this other secret stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And so trying to, trying to not have so many secrets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I think it's a lot of really good information. Um, insights, uh, advice, whatever you might want to call it all. Um, yeah, man, I think this is great. Um, is there, I don't know, like, I guess, would you call those your last words? (laughs) Here, is there something? Yeah. I I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot of, of your story and, and a lot of the, you know, the kind of shifts and things you've been through and and experienced. I don't know. Is there anything else that, that has been like powerful for you that you feel like you, you want to share?
0: Um, no, yeah, I think you're right. I think we, we did cover it all. I think I will just, you know, probably reiterate the fact that, um, you know, wherever, wherever your starting point is, um, just start, just start somewhere mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. And, and be compassionate with yourself, patience, compassion, uh, encourage. I think those are, those, those will, those will guide you.
1: Uh, yeah. That's great, man. I, I agree. And I think, I think people are going to take a lot out of the episode and, and, you know, hopefully. Yeah, I hope
0: gonna. so. And, you know, people are welcome to, I mean, probably the best like, follow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, if they go to my profile, they can sign up and I send out weekly emails and mm. kind of have a community where I just kind of share um, either lessons I'm going through, lessons I've learned, motivation just kind of people who are again looking for that community and, and looking to have these conversations to um to build a space to do that
1: so, yeah that's awesome yeah um yeah we can link your uh instagram and website on perfect. the episode so that people can click through and and uh you know sign up for that or see what else you're um got going on perfect which yeah. is awesome and then yeah, man. Like, thanks again. Like, thanks for coming out and, and making the drive and, yeah, and having this conversation. Yeah, thanks for
0: having me. Thanks for being open to it. And, you know, kind of like I said earlier, I know a lot of a lot of the stuff that has helped me. um, It's because of people sharing openly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um it planted seeds for my journey. So trying to do the same. Yeah, maybe man. maybe someone's not ready for it now, but it plants a seed. Oh, 100 percent.
1: Yeah, I think that's awesome. Great. Thanks, Shelby. Yeah, thanks for sharing. You bet.